The Thirteenth Book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book Thirteen. The Argument. Orlando hears Zerbino's love to tell her strange misfortune and her hard adventure. These outlaws that in that vast cave did well, Orlando hanged, that had in prison pent her. Bradamant, though Melissa did her tell Atlanta's frauds, yet doth his palace enter, where she is stayed by force of Atlant's charms, while Agramant musters his men of arms. Whole Ventress were the noble knights of old, and worthy that their fame should a endure, that durst with valiant heart and courage bold find out in dens and places all obscure, such as in courts we now but sealed behold, fair dames of beauty, mind and manners pure, as erst I told you how Orlando found a brave young lady hidden underground. Now in my former matter to proceed, I say, when he had viewed her person well and marked her face and haviour with great heed, he doth request the damsel fair to tell who was the author of so foul a deed to force her in so unfit place to dwell, and she, as plain and briefly as she can, in this sweet sort her woeful speech began. Most worthy knight, she said, although I know that I shall buy my speech to you full dear, for sure I am this woman here will show my words to him that first did place me here, truth I will tell, though truth increase my woe, and make him look on me with angry cheer. Despair hath ever danger well contemned. What should she fear that is even now condemned? I am that Isabel that sometime was a daughter dear unto the king of Spain. Well did I say I was, for now, alas, I am the child of anguish and of pain. Love, only love, this great change brought to pass. Love, only love of thee I may complain that flattering always in thy first beginnings, yieldst certain loss instead of hoped winnings. Then in good state I spent my happy days, noble and young, honest and rich and fair, now base, despised, poor, and wanting praise, drowned in a dungeon of most deep despair. Thus love throws down whom fortune high doth raise, and mars the sport in which he is a player. He that in art of love did show his skill, saith love and majesty agrees but ill. But that I plainly may declare my mind, thus it fell out. My father, twelve months since, to make a famous triumph had assigned, unto the which came many a lord and prince. Now, whether liking did mine eyes so blind, or that his virtue did itself convince, Zerbin, methought, the king of Scotland's son, in this same triumph, honour chief had won. The passing feats of arms I saw him do, in which he was compared with the best, his person and his beauty joined thereto, in which he far surpassed all the rest, did cause that he no sooner did me woo, but as I quickly granted his request. Interpreters nor other means none wanted to make the seeds to grow that love had planted. When as these feasts and solemn shows were ended, my Zerbin back again to Scotland hasted, wherewith how grievously I was offended, well may you guess, if ever love you tasted. But he that cannot be too much commended, whose love to me no less in absence lasted, with purpose and with promise firm to marry me, studied all means away from hence to carry me. T'were vain, he thought, to ask me of my sire, Zerbin a Christian, I a Sarazine, 
our country law contraried that desire to which our loves so wholly did incline this feat doth some new stratagem require more heedful secret circumspect and fine when love hath knit two hearts in perfect unity they seldom fail to find their opportunity an house of great estate in Bion town my father had with gardens sweet and fair in which with large descents still going down into a river comes the garden stair here if ill fortune on us do not frown he means when i shall walk to take the air soon to surprise me walking in an alley and so convey me to his armed galley but sith with him the case did then so stand not to be present at this enterprise he sent me letters written with his hand by odoric of biscay stout and wise expert in service both of sea and land and wills me do as he should me advise whose faith he nothing doubteth to be sound as one to him by benefits much bound this firm and fast and sure obliged friend of proved courage value and of skill against the time appointed either send and i that for their coming looked still against the time appointed did descend to give him scope to work his master's will and he accordingly came unespied with armed men unto the garden side i seeing them myself most fearful fain they seeing me soon of their purpose sped those that resistance made forthwith were slain and some afraid and faint like cowards fled the rest with me as prisoners to remain then straight we were unto the galley led and gone so far we could not be recovered before my father had the fact discovered of this departure i myself was glad in hope ere long my zerbin to have found but lo a sudden tempest made us sad and near to rochelle almost had us drowned the master of the ship no cunning had to keep the keel from striking on the ground it booted not against the waves to strive upon sharp rocks the tempest doth us drive in vain it was to pull down all our sails and on the foreboard close to couch the mast no pain against the raging sea prevails on land we look each minute to be cast divine help oft doth come when human fails and when in reason all relief is past for doubtless i do deem by power divine we were preserved in this dangerous time the biskin that the danger well doth note doth mean a desperate remedy to try he straightway launcheth out a little boat he and two more go down therein and i this done he cuts the rope and lets her float threatening with naked sword that he should die that durst presume to give so bold adventure against our wills into the boat to enter the rope now cut away the boat was carried by force of waves unto the shallow shore and by great fortune none of us miscarried so great a plunge i never scaped before but they poor souls that in the galley tarried were drowned the vessel quite in pieces tore where though my loss of stuff and jewels grieved me my hope to see my zerbin still relieved me now being come to land in luckless hour and trusting only odoric's direction love that doth ever love to show his power in tempering and distempering our affection my good to ill my sweet doth turn to sour my hope to hurt my health into infection he in whose trust zerbin so much relieth freezeth in faith and in new fancy frieth 
Now whether first at sea this humour grew, Or else he moved was with new occasion To have me here alone with so small crew, As from his will I could not make evasion, He bids all faith and honesty adieu, And yields himself unto this foul persuasion, And that he may his pleasure surely warrant, He sends the servants of a sleeveless errant. Two men there were, that had so lucky lot With us into the ship-boat to descend, one hight Almonio, by Bertha Scott, a valiant man, and Zerbin's trusty friend. Odric tells him that it beseemed not so few upon a prince's to attend, and that the daughter of the king of Spain should go on foot, and with so small a train. Wherefore he wisheth him to go before to Rochelle, there a palfrey to provide and hire some men, a dozen or a score, me to my lodging mannerly to guide. Almonio went. Then there was left no more but Coreb, one of wit and courage tried, in whom the biskin put the more affiance, because that he was one of his alliance. Yet long he seemed in doubtful mind to hover, fain if he could he would have rid him thence. At last he thinks so fast a friend and lover will with his friend's iniquity dispense. Wherefore he doth to him his mind discover, in hope that he would further his offence and do as friends in our days have a fashion advance their pleasure more than reputation. But he, whose honest mind could not suppose that Odric had had so little grace, the fact not only threatens to disclose, but calls him false and traitor to his face. From bitter words unto more bitter blows they came and fought together in this place, and I, in this prospect no whit delighting, fled to the wood while they two were fighting. Between them two the combat was not long, but, lo, the worser cause the better sped. Whether he were more skilful or more strong, Odric doth lay Corebo there for dead. That done, he runs the woods and fern among, and follows fast the way that I had fled. I think that he God Cupid's wings did borrow, he made such haste to hasten on my sorrow. Fear made me swift, for I was sore afraid. Love made him swifter run to overtake me. Then sore against my will my course he stayed, Then sundrily both foul and fair he spake me. Sometime he promised, sometime he prayed, Sometime he threatened he by force would make me. With suit, with gifts, with threats he oft did prove me. With suit, with gifts, with threats he not did move me. But when he could not with his words prevail, he doth resolve no farther time to stay. With open force he then did me assail, As doth a hungry bear seize on his prey. And I defended me with tooth and nail, And cries and shrieks, and all the ways I may. Nor was I in mine own defence afeard To scratch his eyes and pull away his beard. I know not if it were my screech and cry That might have well been heard a league and more, or if it were their use that dwell thereby To come to seek some shipwrecks on the shore, but straight upon the hill we might descry come toward us of company good store, which makes my bisky man a way to run, and to surcease his enterprise begun. Thus this unlooked-for crew preserved me then, and hindered him of his unjust desire. But I was saved as is the flounder when he leapeth from the dish into the fire. For though these barbarous and savage men to touch my person did not once aspire, no virtuous thought did breed this moderation, but hope of gain and greedy inclination. 
the leader of this miserable band did think his market will be raised much in selling me when men shall understand he sells a maid whom none did ever touch and now i hear a merchant is in hand of him to buy me if his luck be such from whom into the east i shall be sent where to the soldan they will me present and in this sort her woeful tale she told and mingled sighs with tears in rueful fashion expressed with such doleful words as would have moved a stony heart to take compassion it eased in part her mind thus to unfold the bitter cause of her unpleasant passion now while orlando to this tale attended the crew of caitiffs to the cave descended a barbarous and foul misshapen crew armed one with a spit one with a prong mouths eyes and face most ugly were to view one had no nose another's was too long but when their leader somewhat nearer drew and saw orlando standing there among turning to his companion he said lo here a bird for whom no net we laid then to the earl he said i am right glad to find one so well armed in my cave for long for such an armour longed i have and surely now this i suppose to have how think you when my person shall be clad with this your coat shall i not then be brave wherefore good sir think not your welcome scant that comes so fitly to supply my want orlando turning with a sour smile answered his armour was a price too high and that he greatly did himself beguile that thought of him his armour there to buy and as they nearer came he stooped the while and took a brand that in the fire did lie and straight he threw it at the caitiff's head and laid him there along the floor for dead a short thick plank stood on a scrubby post that served them for a board to drink and eat this like a quoit at them orlando tossed and for the same full heavy was and great it fell down there among them to their cost they never saw before so strange a feat by which scarce one of them escaped harm in head in leg in breast in side or arm so shall you see a countryman that takes in time of spring a brick-bat or a stone and throws the same upon a knot of snakes that lie together clustered all in one how great a spoil the stone among them makes and those that scape how quickly they be gone so did orlando with these peasants play that glad they were that scaped to run away those that could scape the heavy tables fall unto their feet commended their defence which were as turpin writes but seven in all which seven were glad to run away from thence but yet their flying brought them help but small orlando means to punish their offence their feet nor yet their fence could them so guard but that he brought them to the hanging ward now when the foresaid aged woman saw in how bad sort these friends of hers were served she was afeard for well she knew by law that no less punishment she had deserved forthwith from thence she stale away for awe and up and down the desert wood she swarved until at last a warrior stout her met but who it was i may not tell as yet the tender damsel doth orlando pray her chastity and honour to protect who made her go with him and from that day had unto her a fatherly respect now as they went a prisoner by the way they saw whose name i may not now detect now should i speak a bradament by right whom erst i left in such a doleful plight 
the valorous lady looking long in vain when her rogero would to her return lay in marsilia to the pagan's pain where every day she did them some shrewd turn for some of them in provence did remain and languedoc where they did spoil and burn till with her value she did them rebuke supplying place of captain and of duke now on a day as she sat still and mused the time of his appointment long expired doubting lest she by him might be abused or that her company he not desired and often whom she blamed she straight excused thus while with careful thought herself she tired melissa whom she thought not to be near her came suddenly of purpose for to cheer her with pleasant countenance melissa sage much like to those that carry welcome news wills her her causeless sorrow to assuage and good rogero's absence doth excuse swearing that she durst lay her life to gauge he would not absent be if he might choose and that he did now in his promise halt was not by his but by another's fault wherefore quoth she get you to horseback straight if you would set your faithful lover free and i myself intend on you to wait till you his prison with your eye shall see whereas atlanta with a strange deceit detaineth men of base and high degree and shows by strange illusion distressed each one the party whom he loveth best each one doth deem he sees in great distress his love his friend his fellow or his page according as men's reason more or less are weak or strong such passion to assuage thus do they follow this their foolish guess until they come like birds into a cage searching the palace with a pensive heart the great desire not suffering them to part now then said she when you shall once draw nigh where this same necromancer strange doth dwell he will your coming and the cause descry and to delude you mark me what i tell he straight will offer there unto your eye by help of some inhabitants of hell rogero's person all in woeful plight as though he had been conquered in fight and if you follow thinking him to aid then will he stay you as he doth the rest but kill him therefore and be not afraid for so you shall your friend deliver best so shall your foe atlanta be betrayed in his own trap when as he looketh lest and fear not when he cometh by to strike him though he your dear resemble and look like him i know full well how hard twill be to try and how your heart will fail and hand will tremble when you shall go about to make one die that shall rogero's shape so right resemble but in this case you may not trust your eye but all your sprites and forces all assemble for this assure you if you let him go you work your own and your rogero's woe the proverb saith one that is warned is armed the which old saw doth prove by due construction that they that after warning had are harmed did ill regard or follow good instruction now bradamant rides to the place so charmed and vowed that old magician's destruction and that they may the tedious way beguile they spend the time in pleasant talk the while and oft melissa doth to her repeat the names of those that should be her posterity that should in force and deeds of arms be great but greater in religion and sincerity achieving many a strange and worthy feat and use both head and hand with great dexterity 
in ruling just and bountiful in giving, Caesars in fight and saints in godly living. Now when Melissa Sage such things did show, the noble lady modestly replied, Sith God, quoth she, doth give you skill to know the things that shall in future times betide, and means on me unworthy to bestow, an issue such as few shall have beside. Tell me, among so many men of name, shall there no woman be of worthy fame? Yes, many a one, said she, both chaste and wise, mothers to such as bear imperial crowns, pillars and stays of royal families, owners of realms, of countries, and of towns. Out of thy blessed offspring must arise such as shall be even in their sober gowns for chastity and modesty as glorious as shall their husbands be in war victorious. Nor can I well, or do I now, intend to take upon me all their names to tell, for then my speech would never have an end I find so many that deserve so well. Only I mean a word or two to spend of one or two that do the rest excel. Had you but talked hereof in Merlin's cave, you should have seen the shapes that they shall have. Shall I begin with her whose virtue rare shall with her husband live in happy strife, whether his valiant actions may compare, or be preferred before her honest life? He fights abroad against King Charles at Tear. She stayed at home a chaste and sober wife, Penelope in spending chaste her days, as worthy as Ulysses was of praise. Then next Dame Beatrice, the wife sometime of Lodwick's Force, surnamed Eke the Moor, wise and discreet, and known without all crime, of fortune's gifts and virtues having store. Her husband lived most happy all her time, and in such state as few have lived before but after fell from being Duke of Milan, to be a captive fettered like a villain. To pass the famous house I should be sorry of Aragon, and that most worthy queen, whose match in neither Greek nor Latin story, or any writer else hath ever been, and full to perfect her most worthy glory, three worthy children shall of her be seen, of whom the heavens have pointed her the mother, Isbel by name, Alfonso, and his brother, as silver is to tin, as gold to brass, as roses are to flowers and herbs more base, as diamonds and rubies are to glass, as cedars are to sallows, in like case shall famous Leonora others pass in virtue, beauty, modesty, and grace. But above all, in this she shall excel, in bringing up her children passing well. For as the vessel ever bears a taste of that same juice wherewith it first was filled, or as in fruitful ground the seed grows fast that first is sown when as the same is tilled, so look what lore in youthful years is placed, by that they grow the worse or better willed when as they come to manly age and stature, sith education is another nature. Then next her niece, a fair and famous dame that hight Renata, I may not forget, daughter to lose the twelfth king of that name, whom of the Britain duchess he did get, whose virtue great shall merit lasting fame, while fire shall be warm and water wet, while wind shall blow and earth stand firm and sound, and heavenly spheres shall run their courses round. I pass all those that pass all these some deal whose souls aspiring to an higher praise, 
despising pomp and ease and worldly weal, in sacred right shall spend their blessed days, whose hearts and holy love and godly zeal to heavenly joys from earthly thoughts shall raise, that to good works, to prayer, and pure divinity shall consecrate their lives and their virginity. Thus doth Melissa, under her discourse of those should come hereafter of her seed, and while they talk it oft by intercourse, they in their journey onward do proceed. And oftentimes Melissa hath recourse to will her of Atlanta take great heed, and lest she should with faint and foolish kindness be led unwares in error and in blindness. Now when they near approached to the place, then Bradamant departed from her guide, and after she had rode a little space, she saw one brought with hands together tied exceeding like Rogero in the face, in voice, in stature, hair, and all beside, bound fast with chains between two giants led that threatened him ere long he should be dead. But when the damsel saw within her view the lamentable state and hard condition of him whose face she certain thought she knew, she changeth straight her trust into suspicion, doubting Melissa, of some malice new or hidden hate, had given her such commission to make Rogero for a greater spite be slain by her in whom he doth delight. Is not this he? thus to herself she spake, whom still mine heart and now mine eyes do see? If, my Rogero, I can so mistake, I never shall have knowledge which is he. I either dream, and am not now awake, or else no doubt it can no other be. Melissa? What? May not Melissa lie? Shall I believe her tale, and not mine eye? Now, while that thus she thought, and thus she said, and in this unwise thought did thus persever, she thought she heard him speak and ask for aid, saying, My love, assist me now or never. What, shall I in thy sight be so betrayed? Dost thou forsake me? Then farewell for ever. These unkind words, her heart so greatly daunted, she follows him into the house enchanted. No sooner was she entered in the gate but that the common error her possessed. Wandering about the house betimes and late, nor night nor day she taketh any rest. But strange enchantment brought her in that state that, though she saw the man that loved her best, and spake with him and met him every hour, to know the tongue the t'other had no power. But let not now the reader be displeased, although I leave her in this charmed place. I mean ere long her travel shall be eased, and she shall see and know Rogero's face, even as the taste with diverse meats is pleased. So think I, by this story, in like case the friendly reader shall be less annoyed, if with one matter long he be not cloyed. With sundry threads a man had need to weave to make so large a web as I intend. Wherefore all other matters I must leave, of agrament a little time to spend, who sorely at the flower de luce did heave, and all his might to mar the same did bend, sending for men to Africa and to Spain, those to supply that in the field were slain. Thus all on war his heart was wholly fixed. His new supplies with sundry captains led were come with men of sundry nations mixed, with whom, that no disorder may be bred, a day for views and musters was prefixed, that every one might know his guide and head. Then 
fell they to their mustering and their viewing, as shall be showed you in the book ensuing. End of Book 13